Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast is sponsored by Bubble, the babysitting app that helps you discover trusted local babysitters around you. They say it takes a village to raise a child. The reality in the 21st century is that most of us no longer live in a village. And if we do, our village doesn't get involved like they used to. Because being a parent is hard. And however good at it you are, you'll need a break at some point. Maybe to go out for dinner with your partner, to go for a run, or to have some uninterrupted time at your computer just to get to the bottom of your emails. And that's where Bubble is a lifesaver. It makes it easy for you to find amazing childcare whenever you need it. This clever app lets you plug into your social and community networks to find sitters trusted by your friends. You can review all available sitters and see which friends you have in common. Each sitter has their identity verified and background check before their profile goes live and every sit is tracked and insured. The best part is that you can pay your sitter easily and securely through the app at the end with no awkward fumbling for cash. So log on to Bubble. You can get more information at joinbubble.com or download the app. Just search Bubble Babysitting on App Store. And for £10 off your first booking, use the code PARENTHOOD. It's all capital letters, one word. Thanks to Bubble. Hello and welcome to The Parenthood. Does anyone else feel like the adjective that sums up modern life is rushing? I can't be the only one who feels like the words I use the most to my children are hurry up. And the more podcasts I do and the more experts I speak to, the more I reflect on what we can actually do to be great parents and the more I feel that we should be slowing down. I posted this on Instagram a few weeks ago and had a huge response. People who felt that this was exactly what we needed to be doing, but also that it felt like society was encouraging us to do the opposite. There's so much pressure on children today to achieve so much. Sport, music, drama, coding, French, dance, the list goes on and on. But does it really benefit children to be pushed to this extent? Do they really benefit from the opportunities we're encouraging them to get involved in? Or would they benefit instead from time that's not structured, time in which they can discover their passions, allow their brains to develop in their own unique way? Well, with me today is someone who's a great fan of slowing down. Kelly Terranova learnt the hard way that the simplest things in life are the sweetest, but only when they're taken away from her. She's since focused her energy in helping adults and children to find contentment and freedom in their lives. Kelly, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. 
it's su- such a pleasure to meet you and I kind of came across your Instagram account which is all to do with sort of slowing down and savoring the simple things in life that we often take for granted but how did this all come about how did you sort of see the light because it's not easy to to see the world like that no, and I think it's actually a constant process because I think the world is just getting faster and faster and faster and everything's getting bigger and better and more grand and it's something that even when something has happened that's made you see that you have to consciously continue to acknowledge that um for me I had a fairly wonderful upbringing um and then at the age of 18 was told that my mum had a severe fatal degenerative neurological condition that um I was 50% at risk of having and that she would have until she died um and I guess for me that was the rug being pulled under my feet moment in my life Um, And as an 18-year-old girl was the worst possible thing that could happen. At 18, being told that your mum's going to die is, is in my world at that time, the worst thing. Um, And I think very quickly, I learned that we control so little of our world. And I think we are potentially in a world now that's breeding that control. Uh, We want control over everything. We want control over our own lives, our jobs, you know, our our finances and our children. And I think that taught me very quickly that I wasn't in control. Um, And from that, I think I just realized all those things that I was going to miss about her and that I loved about her. And none of those things involved anything other than an ordinary moment. Uh, And so I kind of wanted to bring that to fruition really for for the modern world and I think that health is something we're so conscious of we all go to the gym and eat well and think I need to be as healthy as I can be but again that's more pressure and I need to be the best I can be but actually what about our mental health and our emotional health and our spiritual health that is totally important in equal measure and it's about making sure that we are taking care of our well-being in the whole sense and a lot of that comes from letting go and not pushing ourselves at the gym until we feel sick and, you know, n- make sure we have that cake with our friend and laugh until we wet ourselves. All those things are just as wonderful as everything else. So, yeah, I kind of just made a journal. Journaling is what I'm most passionate about. And I created this journal, which I now sell online. Um, and people just really liked it and took to it. And, it, and I never intended it to be anything other than for my close friends and family. And now, two, three years down the line, it's something that's sold all around the world. And I, that still blows my mind that it's been sold around the world. Something um, so ordinary. Yeah. And I love the idea of an ordinary moment and celebrating that because I think so often there's pressure on children that every moment has to be extraordinary. You need to be, you know, putting your, doing your hardest to learn music or cello or or whatever it is. And, and when you say, you know, celebrating that ordinary moment, it is it's actually very, very important. I mean, you're now a mother mm-hmm. of Freddie, who is... 19 little, months old. 19 months old. <laughs> yep. And do you, I think I see so often, you know, teaching the bump class that those ordinary moments, we wish them away, that we sort I of think, slightly think this is so boring and look at Instagram and all my friends are doing these amazing things and, and my life is so ordinary, but... And I just think that we are at risk of wishing our life away when we do that I think one of the biggest things that it's Huntington's disease that my mum has one of the biggest things that that taught me was that if we're if we constantly rush where are we rushing to because the only thing that's inevitable that we're all going to reach is death 
so are we just rushing to die is that what we're doing because we're alive now we're alive today it's here in this moment and if we just lift up our eyelids and look around there's so many wonderful things that actually if today was my last day and I was going to be led on my deathbed looking around they're the things that I'd miss I wouldn't wish that I had you know more stuff a bigger house a better holiday a bigger car a better job I wish that I saw one more sunrise or that I spent one more day with my children that's all that would matter to me and I think we have to consciously acknowledge that in this day and age because particularly like you said with social media it looks like everyone has more stuff and if we use social media as this metric for our happiness there's always going to be someone with more so we're inevitably going to be unhappy if we do that so we kind of have to take ourselves away from that two-dimensional world into our real world and absorb all the things that are wonderful that we're lucky to have and remember how lucky we are to have those things and I think you know a lot of people listening to this will think oh my god she's totally right I certainly do but I also think it's hard for people in the 21st century because it has changed parenting has changed life has changed expectations of what we should achieve has changed Um, and I think it would be quite good to put this into perspective because I think a lot of there's a lot of guilt associated with being a parent and I think you know I wouldn't want people to be listening to this thinking I feel so guilty I think what's important to 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 maintain is that you know it's tough you know there are there's a lot more pressure when it comes to school I mean you used to be a a primary school teacher didn't you yeah and I think school has changed massively I think the curriculum is so heavily focused on how academic child is and how much we can push children as a country where we want to constantly perform better than another country and there's pressure on how are we going to raise standards how are we going to raise scores and we don't actually look at the individual you know when I was a primary school teacher one of the biggest lessons that just taught me everything about the way education is going is I was in a classroom where we'd had a certain chunk of children that had been above average one year my next class came in the next year and they said well we had 10 of those last year so we need 11 this year and I thought what they're, they're different children how can we possibly box them into oh, which one which 11 are you going to pick and I just refused and I thought I can't do this I want to nurture children I want them to learn to develop their own individuality and I think that adds on to pressure for us you know so much has changed in the 21st century even with social media our lives are on show we're on show to everybody so then that breeds more of a feeling of guilt because when we get stuff wrong which inevitably we do as children and as adults we feel like we're on show can we really tell the truth can we say that I've done wrong but actually there's so much freedom in just accepting the highs and lows of life the all the things to be grateful for and all the things that are wonderful and ordinary can be soaked up so much better when we accept that not everything's fun all the time and not everything's good and we're not going to get everything right and I think it's so there's so much pressure to be perfect to get things right to be the best again to be bigger better grander in every way in the 21st century it really is no wonder that we are all feeling this way and I still feel it now like I say I have to consciously acknowledge that that's what I'm doing and pull myself away from it and I think we can't escape that now and we have to be really realistic with ourselves and kinder to ourselves when we do fall off the wagon or when we do get caught up in the rush or when we do do something that doesn't serve ourselves or our children as well as we might hope it's totally normal and we just got to give ourselves a bit of space I think 
I think there's also a lot of pressure when it comes to being a parent. You know, there's this idea that our children are born sort of malleable and it's our job to turn them into amazing people and give them these skills and that they have this sort of unique time in their life where it's much easier to learn a language when they're little. But as a result, it meant, means that we've sort of piled so much pressure onto them. You know, I was reading um, the other day that in the sort of 70s and 80s, there was the idea that you as parents could make your kids clever. And, you know, you had, had, had a real opportunity to do this. And, you know, that was the advent of the educational toys. We were talking about it earlier, but this, there was a kind of program called Baby Einstein, which now I think I about it is just this. ridiculous. <laughs> and it was basically a sort of cartoon with classical music, but people got obsessed with it. It was a hugely profitable thing that was eventually brought, uh, bought by, by um, Disney. Um, but then they sort of started to realize that, you know, educational toys can't make your kids cleverer. It is not unfortunately as easy as that you can't plonk them in front of an app and suddenly you end up with Einstein um, but actually you know if anything a lot of these sort of apps and and things that were making a lot of money uh, were depriving kids of the sort of time and brain space to make them sort of individuals mm. but I think what they did realize was that by fostering insecurity in parents you can make a lot of cold hard cash and that is I think very much pushing this stress Absolutely that parents feel you have to buy this you have to let them have this experience I mean coding listen I know it's important but I slightly feel well what if your child is going to be an artist and not a coder do they really need to be doing coding really and I totally agree with you on that and interestingly wasn't it Einstein that has I'm sure it was Einstein that had that quote if you judge a if you about a fish climbing a tree if you judge a fish by how it can climb a tree then it's always going it's not going to be clever I, I, that's the wrong quote but it's something about how we're all individual and we all have our own skill set that needs to be harnessed and if we're having a, a program called baby einstein and we're saying that that kind of academic route is intelligence then we're telling them that if they're a brilliant artist or they're a brilliant horse rider or they're brilliant at listener exactly all these things are so important and have careers that can follow from that we're telling them that that's not important and I think this is a thing that's really key is that we need to trust ourselves as parents that we know what's best for our children and I think the pressure to be the same as everyone else or to do what someone else is saying is right is where we need to kind of let go no one knows our child better than us and I think we also need to be kinder to ourselves and remember that any pressure we do put on them comes from a place of love it's because we love them and we want the best for them and so we shouldn't feel guilty and tell ourselves that we're doing it you can't parent wrong you parent in the best way that you possibly can and the only thing you can do is try and come away from what everyone else is doing and just focus on your child and what they need and some for some children going to lots of after school clubs is the best thing for them because they may not do well at school and they may struggle academically so if you find something that they're brilliant at great take them to that because that's going to raise their self-esteem they can take ownership that's something that's an environment where they can thrive and maybe turn that into something that they do for a job one day and that's wonderful but if you're taking them to these things because you think that they should have lots of strings to their bow and they should make sure that they've dabbled in everything and then you're cracking up whilst you're trying to work and take them you're doing it for the wrong reasons You've got to just come back to what they want and who they are, what environment they thrive in and trust that you know them better than anyone else. None of what any of the experts say matters, in my opinion. You know your child better and you can't give them anything better than your time and a a relationship together and spending time with them, which is free. Spending time building that relationship will bring bring you that bond and 
you'll have conversations and they'll say I really want to try this I fancy giving this a go and you can say well don't worry that you're not great at that we can try this do you want to have a go at this and it's it's totally in your little world then your little bubble something that you've created that works for your family and and then again that brings it back to ordinary life it's got nothing to do with what anyone else is doing out there in the 21st century it's you and your home and your family and and what makes you guys happy and that has to be individual we are all individual in our own way as parents and as children and it's about celebrating that individuality and not trying to mold what 21st century says is what what is successful i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And what, you know, what is interesting is this individuality and it's something that I'm always putting across in the bump class that, you know, all your children will be born very different, very unique. We might have created them, but they're not us. They're not their brother or sister. And just because one child likes X doesn't mean the other child's going to do it. So, you know, as you said, sitting and listening and reacting to their individual needs and not anticipating them is probably one of the most important things we can do one of the things I built the key element of the I've got a journal for children now and a journal for adults is that it's about building this scaffolding for happiness so in the adult journal it encourages you to build a scaffolding for your life so what do you do for yourself mentally what do you do for yourself emotionally physically and spiritually you design this whole world that you build up that holds you together so that when things go wrong or you face adversity or or hardship, which everyone in the world faces, your scaffolding holds you together. So even though you might be falling apart inside, you're going to stay standing because you've built this habitat and environment that is perfect fit for you and the same in the child's uh, journal it helps them to work out so who are you as a person what things do people love about you what makes you unique what do you do for your happiness what do you like to do in your spare time this is really important and my favorite page in the journal is a poem at the end which I should have brought with me it's on my Instagram if anybody wants to see it and it just talks about the image in in the journal, the page that's drawn for them to colour in is a, is a wolf with a moon and a lake and a teepee and it's adventure was the theme. And it says, you know, whether you're the wolf who's the leader of the pack or you're the moon that shines the light to, for others or whether you are the river that one, runs wild and free or you're the teepee that just sits quietly amongst the trees. All of you are important and all of you are valid. Which one are you? And it says next time you are in a crowd and you see someone sitting on their own, maybe they're the wolf or the tree or the moon but go and sit with them and have a conversation because it's about relationships and accepting that we are not all the same and seeing that that's a an amazing thing we don't all have to have the same stuff and do the same things and chase the same goals it's it shouldn't be groundbreaking to be individual it should just be 
how we are because why do we why should we all be the same well also how boring would it be absolutely absolutely and I think that's another thing that I think is such a wonderful ordinary thing but that we're losing because we just seem to becoming like blanket robots all the same as each other because of what society's saying we should be doing Hmm. I mean there's there's we there's a lot in the media about the kind of rise of mental health issues in children and it seems to be getting younger younger and younger I'm sure you know social media plays a huge role in this but it also puts a lot of pressure on us parents because we're sort of keeping an eye out on it I mean that for me would be disastrous you know you you push your children because you want to achieve and they can't lose out of week's work and they've got to do coding club and you know suddenly there's a mental health issue well they're probably not going to go to school for a few years if that's serious absolutely that will knock their education on the head so what can we do I mean in terms of the sort of ordinary in terms of the everyday I think for me that's where journaling is really important because if you if you decide to sit any and if even if journaling's not for you and you you decide to take that time as a parent and a child to take a moment in your day to reflect on how you're feeling what, what you're what you've been doing you know we very quickly when we're going through anything that we're unsure of turn to a screen now instead of to a person and I think when we do that too often we start to our feelings are not valid anymore because we're just saying well I'll just numb it and I'll just watch this and I'll see more of what everyone else is doing and I won't talk about it and it will just go away but actually if we can take a moment in each day to sit and talk to our children have a conversation put our phone down you know our phones are taking over our world and I am so guilty of it as well I fear that when Freddie can draw a picture he's going to draw a picture of me with a phone sometimes I have to consciously put it in another room because are just the habit of wanting to pick it up and check an email is just too strong. So I have to put it out the way. But I think having that conversation with them, it, it's, it's so important. And in, in the child's journal, I don't, I think it's really important for me to say, I think positivity and gratitude journals have become a very kind of thing that's popular on the market now. And I have spent so much time using what I know from my primary education and what I know from my own experiences, making sure that these journals have real substance and that they actually can benefit a child's mental health and an adult's mental health. And one of the things that both journals say is, what do you need to let go of today? And I think that's a really important conversation to have because part of this rat race that we're in can sometimes bring a sense of getting things right and always succeeding and never actually getting things wrong or feeling angry or feeling sad and we have to be careful that positivity doesn't become a feel happy all the time it needs to be that there's positivity and saying do you know what? I got this wrong today or do you know what I was really upset about this today and it really it really bothered me having a conversation and then writing it down you can even do something physical you can as a family buy a balloon and go and stand in the garden and say what are we going to let go of this week and actually let the balloon go and, and watch it go up into the sky and do something like that as a family and it seems far-fetched but I think because the world is so fast-paced that we're in now we, we have to we have to take control because we don't have control over what's happening with the world and we don't have control over what's happening in our world but we have control over our attitude towards it and I think that's the key no one would necessarily want my life nobody wants my nobody wants a parent who's got a a disease that's going to kill them nobody wants to have to you know run around crazy working mad hours like I do but a lot of people would want my attitude to life and I think that's the difference is you've got to constantly reflect on 
and say, this didn't work out, this did work out. Spend that time with your children, have those conversations, allow them to feel sad, allow them to feel scared, allow them to feel uncomfortable and give them, through your time, you'll give them a security blanket. They'll think, I'm safe. It's okay to feel uncomfortable. I've talked to mummy about it or I've talked to daddy about it, but I know that they're there and I know that they've said that that's okay. Then they'll make braver decisions and they'll have a go at things and it, it just makes life so much easier if we can spend time with each other and have conversations. And that's where journaling's so important. Children need to understand that well, the world's too fast, that we, they will feel uncomfortable. I suppose, you know, that's what people did through religion, through prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, forgive me for doing these. Thank you for letting me have these. It was that sort of reflection and, you know, really thinking about what your day was. But also, you know, for, you know asking God to forgive you for something was a, a way of, I guess, letting it go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's a similar way. I'm, I remember I'm not a religious person, but, you know, I'd always say prayers with my mother at night. And it went through that whole sort of ritual. It was 10 minutes at the end of the day of reflection and thinking about you know, how you, how you can be a better person. And, and I and think that- it's having faith. Like it's, it's a faith, isn't it? It's a faith in life. It's a faith in your ability to enjoy the life. We, we, we get given a deck of cards. That's the, that's the cards that we're given and we can only make the best of that. And I think, you know, having faith in your ability to do life and do it wholeheartedly is a great, wonderful thing. And a lot of that, you know, if you ask any child, what their favorite memories are of, of of their childhood you know as they get older they will say time time with my my mum and my dad you you can't give anything better than time so it's just simplicity it really is the simple things it's it's time and talking and sharing and just giving each other the opportunity and freedom to be themselves and to express what they love and don't love and what's working out and what isn't I really strongly believe in it I think that you know like you said we're so we, I feel there's so much pressure like if we've got a weekend with the kids and we're not doing anything we have to have an experience yeah. but actually then at the end of the weekend when I we did this recently we did something special I can't remember we went for a boat ride on the Thames um, but then we had a bit of quiet time at home and I remember I spent you know like an hour sitting in Iona's room and we were just chatting and I think you know sorting through thirst of doing something with stickers and I said what was your favorite part of the weekend and I was convinced she was gonna say going really fast on the boat and she was like I just love sitting with you and, and chatting, mummy. Can we do that again? And that was the stuff That's that so was nice. free and easy and simple and that we could do every evening, actually. Yeah. And and that's what you know it's not necessarily what we think they enjoy the most, but what they do enjoy the most. Absolutely. I just think that it's so it's so hard. I don't want to sit here and be a hypocrite and say, you know, we just have slow living in our house. I just light a candle, put some eucalyptus in a vase, take a picture for Instagram and that's it. I'm slow living. (laughs) That is not how my life is. I work full time. My partner works full time. We have a busy house. We have a busy life. We can't always physically slow down our lives, but if we can slow down up here in our minds and give ourselves a bit of space and freedom, that can actually make the world of difference. And actually you have to take stuff out. My washing basket is double the height of my washing basket. But if I'd have done all that washing, I wouldn't have spent any time with Freddie. And he is more important. I don't care about the washing. Again, when it comes to my last day on this earth, I'm not going to wish that I did one more wash. (laughs) I'm going to wish that I played Lego one more time with Freddie. And I think that it it is a conscious thing. I still get that, the washing's not done, I'm going to lose it. But then I just have to come back and say, let it go. Let it go. It doesn't matter. Who cares? So what? I think it's so important. And it's tricky. It's, you know, it's a work in progress, isn't it? 
And those quiet days, I think a lot of parents think, oh, what, what if my child's bored? What, what, what if my child's bored? Um, but it is, you know, often you'll find things that you enjoy doing that you hadn't anticipated that you'd enjoy. For me, I find her like doing something, but not necessarily a sort of organized activity. My son got really into watercolor recently. And so I bought some watercolor paper and some little watercolors. And we went through a phase like every Saturday morning, we just sit in our pajamas at the breakfast table and just all do some watercolor colors together and that was a time that we could talk you know because you're not using all your brain you can sit and you can have a chat and that was often when we'd have the most important conversation where the things around school and the things that maybe they're a bit insecure about would come out because we're not sitting across from each other looking and having that really intense conversation Mm. it was more that we were doing something with our hands sort of focusing our eyes on something different but when it's a much easier environment to go you know, I just, I was a bit unhappy about that thing that someone said to me, or I feel that my spelling is terrible, or whatever it is, those important things that you need to know. And that is a spiritual activity. P- painting and colouring is a, is a form of meditation because it does exactly the same thing that breathing does. Breathing is a simple, mindless activity in and out. Painting is colour and colour and colour and colour. And because you're focused on the simple task, that is a form of meditation. So that is why spiritually you would have felt much more calm and at ease and able to have those conversations. And in the same way, same way we every Sunday without fail we have roast dinner we have Evie with us which is my stepdaughter and we have a roast dinner phones in the other room and we sit down and then we have a pudding and we chat and we stay there until it's time to go and have a bath and then we put the kids to bed and we do it every single Sunday and we have the most amazing conversations with Evie I mean Freddie's not quite babbling yet but we have the amazing most amazing conversations with her about her week and who she wants to be when she grows up and kind of her views on the world and it's the one time every week that we properly sit together and have those chats and when you say about um you know quiet time and having days at home they are they often turn out to be the best the best thing ever and I'm very lucky in that my partner Kev is Peter Pan he never grew up um and he's a really good person for me to be with because sometimes life can be so serious that it's good to just break down those barriers and we a classic thing that we would do in our house if we were in is I'd go upstairs to get dressed and I'd come down and he would have created some form of ninja warrior course out of the cushions on the sofa and leftover loo rolls and blankets and he's like right okay who's going first who's second and we have the timer on and it becomes a big competition and but all those things are the things that Evie loves and she'll talk about as her favorite memories and her day will be made we don't we haven't spent a penny in doing that and I think you know, we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Maybe it's Instagram. Maybe we need a cool Instagram photo sometimes. It's like, well, we're not doing stuff and they've been out and we've been nowhere. And I just think, so what? And it's so important to me. That's why I constantly harp on about us doing ordinary things at home because I just think there needs to be a space for that on social media. I'm not saying don't have extraordinary experiences at all, but just don't miss the ordinary ones because they're just as special. And don't belittle them. Absolutely. Because they are often... The, the the most special and I think that when I reflect on my childhood it is those ordinary moments that are the the kind of most most special you know cooking something with my mum I remember so well being like I was so proud of her because she uh, I went to a birthday party and I won uh, like a cookie in the in the snail race because I was never going to run a fast race because I'm a terrible runner <laughs> 
and I broke it and I was so upset and she's like it's fine I'll fix it I will glue it back together and my friends were like you can't glue it glue you can't eat she goes no but I can make a special type of glue out of sugar that can glue it back together and I remember in that moment thinking I have the coolest mom in the whole world. And it wasn't <laughs> something to do with thing. like all her other amazing things. I mean, she speaks seven languages. It wasn't wow. about that. It was about that ordinary that I just mm. thought, wow, she's so cool. I remember my heart bursting with pride. That's so lovely. But I think that sentiment that we sometimes struggle with that, you know, I think, you know, a lot of us feel that we're not quite enough, that we should be better. And mm. then we're modeling that on our children. And so our children grow up thinking, well, I should be better. I should be better at maths. I should be better at spelling. I should be better at football. And that isn't a very healthy thing to be starting off with in life. It's hard for us as parents. I think, you know, we are also in that 21st century world and we are also on show and on social media. And I think a big responsibility is on our shoulders and I think we are sometimes so hard on ourselves and we expect us to get parenting right when I look back to when I was a child there's a million things that I know my mum would have done and thought I didn't quite handle that right but I grew up all right I still love her there's no I mean there's my dad he wasn't perfect but I love him to bits I love them because they're my parents and I love them unconditionally just the same way as they love me and I think in the same way that we try not to pass judgment on our children and they don't pass judgment on us we should try and create we need to create a habitat for ourselves that we can thrive so if we are in a circle of friends that are competitive or are making us feel that we are not enough we need to change our circle of friends if we work in a job where we constantly feel like we're not enough we need to look at our career and is that we spend so much of our life at work we need to design an environment that that really benefits us and it is monkey see monkey do but we are we matter too you know I think we sacrifice so much of us to make sure our children are happy but actually our children are happy when we're happy and so we're not saying us instead we're not saying you don't matter children we're saying us too we matter as well um and I just think we need to be so much kinder to ourselves. I, Freddie's 19 months old and I have, I couldn't count the mistakes I've made on both hands. You know, I've done things and thought I didn't handle that right or I lost my temper with him and he's a baby, he's crying, he needed me and I just had enough. But we're human, you know. Life isn't always, you know, sunshine and rainbows. Oh my God, I can't believe I just quoted Rocky Balboa. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it isn't. And I just think we've... Um, it's a good thing to say that you've got things wrong. It's a good thing to say that stuff isn't going right because actually every time, especially online, I've said, oh, this happened today, I'm not feeling great or this went wrong, a sea of people suddenly feel free to say the same. And so maybe everyone at the school gates is feeling the same, but no one's saying anything. And if one person just went, I can't be bothered to do this, they'd be like, me neither, let's not do it. Um, and I just think we... We need to take time for ourselves to create a habitat that suits us, build a scaffolding for our happiness so that we are the happiest we can be for our children and then cut ourselves some slack because we're not going to get it right all the time and we're not supposed to. And if we did get it the right the whole time, we would be teaching our children that it's not okay to ever fail. And, and that it would be is, catastrophic. It would to be fail. awful. Absolutely. You and know, I think that's so true. Admitting when you're wrong, apologizing. You know, sometimes I really do screw up with my kids. And, you know, even Iona said to me last night, Mum, you're a bit strict. You know, if Lou doesn't like that fish, maybe he doesn't want to eat it. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have shouted you in that way. And that is a really important lesson. Absolutely. People find it very difficult to apologize. Yeah. I know adults who cannot say the S word. They will not say sorry because, you know, and that that's so important for them to learn. And you don't always have to be necessarily entirely wrong to say sorry. I mean, I, I, 
I'm on my online presence is obviously there and I, I make mistakes online sometimes I shouted at somebody online who I shouldn't have shouted at before Christmas because I was up here with stress and I and I have decided I went publicly went online and said I'm going to try and shoot from the hip less I'm, this is my thing this year I'm going to take more time to try and listen to other people and I acknowledge that I was not in the best place at that point and the pe- person I shouted at was actually really nasty to me but that doesn't mean that I can't say sorry because it's a reflection of who I am not necessarily a reflection of who they are and I think I felt so much better in doing that because again I was letting it go I was letting go of anything that was like well I'm right you're wrong it just just it doesn't matter so what you lost your temper we lose our temper you're human apologize and move on and mm. I think we have to teach our children that as well and of course you know when we have these conversations with our children Yes, we are often right. We are mostly yeah. right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, if my daughter is having a tantrum, she doesn't want to eat her broccoli and she hasn't eaten any vegetables and I'm like, just eat one bit. You know, I can still say, I'm really sorry you feel like that about broccoli. And I'm really sorry I made you broccoli when you didn't want to eat broccoli. That's not me saying, I'm sorry that I'm telling you to eat broccoli. You know, I'm still saying, my point still stands. I still want you yeah. to eat the broccoli. Still saying tough but to I, eat I get broccoli. But I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I read something recently um, that really kind of struck a chord with me, uh, especially, and I, it just reminded me when you're having this conversation, childbearing should not be a cross between a competitive sport and product development. And, and that made me laugh because actually I do think people, we sort of slightly think we've got to make the best possible version of us. We've got to make our children look and seem and be great all the time. But and not make, and I think we sometimes live our failures through our children. So if we didn't do something quite right, we desperately don't want them to to follow the same path forgetting that we learned so much from that when it happened mm. I mean and and thinking about what do we actually need to do to be a successful parent I mean I think most therapists most psychologists agree that you know ultimately what children need most from us is unconditional love so that they can live in an environment where they can make mistakes and they can admit to making mistakes there's a sort of that no strings attached love that actually you don't get from anyone else. You don't get from your friends necessarily. You don't get from your work colleagues. You certainly don't get from the the state. Family is the one. It's your home team. Yeah, exactly. And that's the most important thing. And and if they want to do cello, grade eight, great. (laughs) But I guess if they don't, then they're still enough. Absolutely. 100%. Simplicity. Simplicity and time and love. You can't beat it. Oh, well, Kelly, thank you so much for coming to talk to us. I really enjoyed this chat. It's made me feel so much better about shouting at my daughter this morning about putting her <laughs> shoes on because that's going to be one of the things I let go of tonight. Perfect. <laughs> I'm pleased to be of service. And maybe she can let go of too when we journal <laughs> together tonight. Um, if you want to hear more about what Kelly is doing, do follow her on Instagram. She's at Kelly underscore the bees knees. Um, but do look at my Instagram because I will post something with her on and also her her gorgeous uh, journals which not only are amazing but they look so beautiful too i she's brought one along for me today and i can't wait to get started thank you all for listening to another episode of the parenthood we're overwhelmed by listening figures climbing month on month at a rate we never anticipated and that i'm sure is largely down to you dear listeners so please do keep on spreading the word and if you if you haven't already do subscribe rate and review us you can follow us on instagram or you can follow me on instagram i'm at marina.fogel It's a great place to sort of hear what we're recording next and even give suggestions about what you want to hear. I've had some brilliant ideas from you guys. But in the meantime, 
From Kelly and me, thank you for listening and goodbye.